Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello and welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a craft beer and movie podcast in Chico, California. My name is Max Minardi. And I am Johnny Summers. Together, we are your favorite leotard-clad superhero-slash-villain comic book movie star rap video duo. We're your favorite beer-drinking, oily-cake-munching, cow-stealing duet singing That's people. right. Sure. Yep. 100%. <laughs> We're also your favorite movie podcast yeah. and sometimes beer and sometimes other silly stuff. Yeah, if nothing uh, else, before we, those what? things. I said if nothing else, yeah, yeah we hope to be that. Exactly. At the very least, we're the only beer and movie podcast you've ever heard of. So sure. By default, we are your favorite. Uh, Johnny, before where we get find us? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Before we get started, the housekeepings, Instagram, Twitter, and Untapped at Fresh Hop Cinema, Facebook at Fresh Hop Cinema Pod, because Russian bots took over our first one, uh, Letterboxd at Max Minardi and at Johnny Summers for movie reviews and just to follow along and see what we're watching, email us at fhccast at gmail.com. Our website is freshhopcinema.com and patreon.com slash freshhopcinema is how partially we keep the wheels from falling off and we keep renting all these crazy movies at home and buying good beers and providing amazing content. And if you're on Patreon, we send you free stuff in the mail and bonus episodes every single week for as little as a dollar an episode. You can help support us. So go check out patreon.com slash freshhop cinema and that is it do we have any announcements honorable mentions anything like that you know i wanted to give a shout out to a friend of the show and patron jared he sent us a great email um, about his experience with the film from last week relic and i really appreciated getting that insight so i thought that was a great email jared thanks for taking the time to write in um i also want to say very lastly if you dig the show you can leave us a rating and a review if you're feeling saucy uh, on apple podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts it all really helps people find the show and in in return kind of keeps us doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I did really appreciate Jared's email. Uh, you know, it's amazing how movies can have deep personal effects on yeah, different yeah. people. And he reached out and shared a bit about some personal stuff and how it related to a movie. And it was really awesome. I love, I mean, that's part of what makes movies so amazing is that they mean different things to different people and they spark the most fascinating conversations. So Agreed. I love it. Email us, let us know what you're thinking. We dig it. Plus, we're lonely. Yeah, in a similar sense, beers can do that, I think. Can bring people together and have different experiences for individuals. Um, and I've never had this particular beer that we're about to drink, but I know that I've had Beechwood stuff before. I can't remember exactly what, but I'm excited to try this beer, Sim Coast to Coast. Johnny, you picked it out this week. Tell me a little bit about it, where you got it, that sort of thing. Yeah, I did. I picked it up at SNS Produce. They are killing it, and a good buddy of mine, Andy, shout out. Love the guy, and he gets amazing beer in. And it's absolutely still one of the best places, hidden treasures, to get mm. you know some fresh produce, a slab of meat, and some fantastic beers. So this beer is called Sim Coast to Coast. It's from Beachwood Brewing and Barbecue out of Long Beach, California. It is an IPA with, you guessed it, Simcoe hops, and it clocks in at 7.1% ABV. And I am really excited to drink it. I've got a somewhat long history with Beechwood Brewing mm. uh, in that I, since they got distro to this area, I've been consuming everything they release with uh, rapidity and enthusiasm. Yeah. I really, really like their beers. Uh, Amalgamator and there's another one. There's a green one and a yellow one. Okay. Um, and they're both amazing. So I am really excited to try this one. Have you tried it yet? What no. Are you, what are you, I'm about what to open it. On? What is it? Uh, description wise, what you got? Like as far as what the can looks like or what the oh the I, thing I'll take looks both. Like. I was gonna say what they had to say about the beer. I when I looked it up, there's not too much about it, um, but I think yeah. there was like maybe one small sort of marketing blurb yeah. that they used. Side to side, back to front, coast to coast, 100% Simcoe. Yeah, that's right. It's a bright orange can. It's got like a radio a radio tower kind of emanating circles out from the center of it. It's very nice to look at. It's a lot of triangles and shapes. I like stuff like that. Yeah, I um, think we did Citraholic on the yep, show, if yep, I'm that's not what mistaken. We did. And I think that was also a contender in the play-in round of Beer Madness. Yep, 100%. That beer is real good. I want. Do you remember if it made it into the tournament? I don't think it did. 
I don't either. All the beers that I liked got eliminated really early. And did they? Yeah. 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 Well, not really. A lot of them. I, I mean, I love the winner. Yeah, right. But I love second place too. I mean, yeah, and third and fourth and, and third. But the ones that I had picked, like yeah, uh, Mul- Mul- was it not Mulberry? Uh, the yeah, Mayberry. Mulberry, Mayberry, May- Mayberry. Yeah, uh, that one, and then like the Citraholic. They didn't make it as far as I would have liked. Did Mayberry? But, but Mayberry made it into the right. We must have. It was actually in the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Good times. Yeah, that was fun. So have that you tried this said, yet? I have not. It's real pretty to look at, though. It looks like it's going to be absolutely crushable. It's really light yellow. It's, it's super sweet. Um, I mean, granted, there's a ton of hops, but I was expecting the kind of hop bitiness. What I was not expecting was the sweetness alongside. It feels oh, it nice. feels bigger than I than it is. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that actually is super refreshing. Um, I'm gonna take another drink. Actually, you should take another drink. This is definitely up my alley. This is stylistically where I've been really happy lately. It's mm. just super hoppy. West Coast, if you've listened to more than one episode, you know this, so I don't need to keep repeating it. Yeah, right. But if you're just the first time you've listened and the first time you've met me, hello. Right. I like long walks in the beach and West Coast IPAs. Uh, this one really nails it, though. I like this one quite a bit. It's super, super pungent and hoppy, and it does not go away. Like that Simcoe hoppiness is still in my mouth right now, which yeah. I, I like. It finishes aggressively. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that it also starts aggressively. It's, yeah, it, Spears, ag- Spears aggressive. Yeah, it's it's coming in at 70 IBUs. So you're, I mean, it, it is, it's very hoppy, but there is something about that sweetness that's really not sitting well with me. Really? Yeah, it's like, it's too much, I think. This is one of those beers hmm. that right away, I, I, I if we're going out of 10 like we always do, I knew my score immediately. Uh, which sounds kind of ominous, but it's not, you know, not terrible. Were you like eating something sweet before this? Cause no. like, I don't get any sweetness at all. Maybe, maybe, no, I think it is. Yeah, it is sweetness. It's just more of like an alcohol sweetness that I'm getting. Mm. Not, not nothing, nothing like a, a New England or anything like that. But, uh, I know I was not eating anything, uh, at <laughs> all. I don't think I had a, had a, I had lunch like an hour ago. Cause I had a coffee right before this. So mm. I'm like. Yeah. I always wonder, like, I tried to drink some water and, like, you know, get my mouth where it needs to be, but, like, black coffee yeah. kind of lingers. You know, actually, I had some black coffee, too. Not not just before this, but recently. So, okay. But we're getting different experiences, so they might just come down to palatial differences. Yeah, my palace is different than yours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is that right? Is it? Can you only use that? I'm trying to, I think I'm trying to, like, like it's a homonym. I'm trying to use a different spelling, but maybe that's not a word for a palate at all it should you should say palatal palatal i guess palatal differences it makes me just want to say palatable or palatistic differentiation palatable palatial difference (laughs) or palpable i mean it palpable yeah i don't know i'm i'm lost i forget what word we started with now palatial palatial yeah (laughs) every time i hear that it's like on a remodeling show like we're putting in a palatial expansion oh yeah that makes sense or like a palatial estate. Sorry, I think bougie. that just I think palatial directly correlates to palace. Yeah, you're right. Does it, it does. Oh. It sounds like it could be palate too. Yeah, I think palatal is is probably the I don't know what tense that is, but I think palatal, what you said it is right. Hard to say. Hmm. I literally hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kid- uh, I don't want to even attempt it. You pal- palatable. So so where are you at with this beer? I like it. I think it's not, it just doesn't make my head explode, mm-hmm. but it definitely is one that I would reach for again. I personally like it. I don't get the sweetness that you do. Yeah. I think it's more bitter kind of front to back. There might be a little sweetness in the front, if anywhere, but it doesn't really, it's not a negative for me. Sometimes um, sometimes I, my mouth gets tricked and it's not, maybe it's not sweetness, but it's just viscosity. But in this style of beer, when there is sort of a, a thickness to it, I am sometimes like, oh, sweetness. And I think it's a little yeah. bit of both in this case. You you associate girth with sweetness. Sometimes. And this is not yeah. a beer that drinks particularly light. Like, I think you mentioned this looks like it's going to be crushable. I don't mm-hmm. feel like it's crushable. It's pretty heavy. It's heavy for sure. And and that's a big part, Simcoe. I think it's it's an aggressive, uh, kind of heavier hop. Like I, When you think, that's sort of a weird maybe way to frame it, but of, of light and heavy hops. Like, a Citra is a really light hop. It's using a lot of low abv ipas and it, this just feels a little bit a little bit thicker yeah 
Yeah, it does. It makes me think of of Shauna Frazier's dog. Shout out, Shauna. What up? What's her dog? Friend of the show. Her dog's named Simcoe. Oh, really? And he's a thick little guy. He's yeah. so cute. Cool. He's a really cute dog name. It's a great name for a dog, too. Yeah, it is. So you wouldn't um, you wouldn't travel for this? I, I, I wouldn't. I don't yeah. think this gets into the eights, definitely. Right. Cool. Um, I would pick it up again. I, I really like it. I think uh, Beachwood's doing some of the cleanest, um, most <clears throat> enjoyable, straightforward hops that I've had in a while. Uh, would I pick this up over an Amalgamator or a Citraholic? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Mm-hmm. But I would definitely say it's worth drinking, and uh, I like it. So for me, this beer is like a seven nine. It's not quite in the eights, but it's okay. honor, honorable mention. It's 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 tickling the eights, but it doesn't quite make it in. Okay, fair enough. Uh, just to to bring it back around here, I thought I had, um, I thought I had the episode that we covered Beachwood on last. I know that we did it on, oh, I think it was episode one forty two. Uh, so that would be. Uh, <laughs> Just under a year ago at this point. Um, yeah. And I don't know exactly what it was, but, you know, so it's been a while. I just wanted to close that loop because I knew it was going to bother me a little bit. And it, it was Citraholic. So we also did uh, Beachwood Brewing on episode 45. What was episode 45? Blade Runner 2049, baby. Oh, wow. That's a long time ago. Yeah. Do you know what it be- is? I don't think we were listed. What beer was it? Does it- I'm sure it says. Uh, right? It does not say. Damn it. It does not say. Oh, it was the Mocha Machine. Oh, Mocha Machine. Yeah, Man, that's a throwback. I for- yeah. Uh, I forget that they did that. Yeah. Sometimes I'll see one of our episodes pop up and I'll just see the name and like the combination of the movie and the beers or the breweries. It's like, oh, I remember that exact like month of time in my life. Yeah. It's weird. I think that was like the first or second time that I had Mocha Machine. Yeah. That yeah, beer. Maybe. So that's like an everyday dark beer for me. I, c- I could drink that beer every day. Really? It's so good. All right, all right. I'm way into that. But yeah, so we've done them in a couple episodes, but yeah. they're a brewery that just keeps making good stuff and keeps popping up. I'm okay with it. Sweet. Okay, so 7.9 for you on this yeah. Sim Coast to Coast. For me, it's it was going to be a 7, and then I noticed that the ABV was 7.1, and I thought, you know what? What the heck? We'll throw them one decimal point. So I'm going 7.1 on this. It's it's good enough. I would, like, if there was a if there was an ice chest with a bunch of different beers there's a pretty realistic world in which I grabbed this before a lot of what else might be in there. Totally. Just like yeah, the average seven, barbecue kind of thing. Right on. Yeah, absolutely. And seven one's still a really good score. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a good beer, but it's, yeah, like it's not, it. it's not blowing my mind either. Obviously. Yeah. Well, so, that's sim coast yeah. to coast yeah. Beachwood and brewing. You Let got it. At what you think I got an S and S and I wrote how much it is on the bottom of the can. Yes. It cost $4 and 39 cents. I assume that's uh, without tax. Yeah, so it's an it's an affordable sixteen ounce can. That's true. Yeah, five. Yeah, that's true. If you're in the mood for some hoppy goodness, pick this up. Check it out. Uh, follow us on, on Untapped, and let us know what you think of it. Email us. Send us pictures of you drinking it. We'll put it on the Instagram. Whatever you want, just in, get involved. Yeah. In the meantime, uh, we are going to play you a trailer for a film called First Cow. Came out earlier this year, and we're not going to spoil it. So if you haven't seen it yet, you don't have to worry about that. But when we come back from this trailer. We're going to give you kind of our initial thoughts like we, uh, like, well, like we're trying not to spoil it, I suppose. But we're going to talk about all sorts of other stuff. So even if you haven't seen it, I think it'll be a good discussion. What's your name? King Lou. They call me Cookie. My mother died when I was born. And then my father died. I never stopped moving. It's the getting started that's the puzzle. No way for a poor man to start. You have a cow. First cow in the territory. This ain't a place for cows. It's no place for a white man either. I sense opportunity here. Good lord, give me another. I'll give you six ingots for that last one. I taste London in this game. Take what we can when the taking is good. It seems dangerous. So is anything worth doing? A royal cow. Until she barely produces a thing. Some people can't imagine being stolen from. Let's hope he's one of those. We got a window here, Cookie. History isn't here yet. 
It's coming, but maybe this time we can take it on our own terms. That was a trailer for First Cow. Uh, Johnny, give me a synopsis of this movie before we break down some of the details. First Cow from A24. Two travelers on the run from a band of vengeful hunters in the 1820s Northwest dream of striking it rich, but their tenuous plans to make their fortune on the frontier comes to rely on the secret use of a landowner's prized dairy cow. Right. So that is, is the synopsis. It's a film directed by Kelly Reichardt. You might know Kelly from Meek's Cutoff. Back in 2010. What the hell is that? It's it's actually another sort of Western movie. It's I'm trying to think who's in it. Um, I think Michelle. Why can't I think of your last name right now? Um, you know what? I'm not even going to struggle with it. But I have never seen it. But people really like it. I understand it's kind of in the same vein as this in terms of just the setting and kind of story vibe. Um, okay. This, this movie, though, First Cow, was based on a novel called The Half-Life by a guy named Jonathan Raymond. Screenplay was written by Kelly Reichardt and Jonathan Raymond. Like you said, Johnny, it was distributed by A24. And it stars primarily John Magaro, who plays Cookie, and Orion Lee, who plays King Lou. They're the two guys that meet in the woods and decide to kind of hang out for a while and see kind of where their adventures might take them together. And where that does lead them is to borrow milk from the... Uh, the governor is he a governor uh they call him something else but essentially yes yeah like of this little this little trapping village uh guy's name is chief factor he's played by toby jones who you've definitely seen and stuff but mm-hmm. first cow premiered at telluride back in uh 2019 first hit screens in it was first set to hit screens rather in mid-march uh but obviously that's when covid kind of took over so that was changed and instead they released it to video on demand on july 10th and it runs very slightly over two hours long. Yeah. It's also one of these movies that's shot in a, I think it's a almost a perfect square. It's like a four, three uh, ratio. Yeah. Which has a very specific vibe. Um, what, what did, what were your impressions of this movie, Johnny off the bat? Um, I had like a very vague idea of what this movie was about. Obviously there's some, inkling of it given away by the title sure uh but as far as anything else or the depths that this movie goes to i wasn't super aware of so i had very moderate to mild expectations i wasn't expecting a great deal uh i thought it was an interestingly put together movie i think the uh, illustration of the plot was very minimalistic Mm -hmm. and that it it took a very hands-off approach and also it was a very interesting look at uh, a friendship of two unlikely people in a time where people don't really become friends. It seemed like no one else was very cordial with each other in this whole movie. So it was interesting to watch the dynamics of that friendship play out uh, and also the the plotting and scheming of like trying to start a business and get ahead. I thought it was a really interesting look at what life possibly would have been like during this time period in this particular part of the world. Um, plus, there was a really cute cow in it. So, yeah. overall, I thought it was a pretty interesting movie. Uh, I had some issues with the pacing. Personally, mm-hmm. I thought it was slow in a few spots. I think they probably could have, you know, tight 90. But, you know, it, if it needed to be two hours, in their opinion, then, I mean, that's fine. I just, there were certain parts that felt slow to me. But, overall, I liked it. I was entertained and I was intrigued. Uh, and I thought it had some really interesting and subtle and understated character development, which I really mm. enjoyed. It wasn't over the top, and they didn't beat you over the head with plot. It was all just very, here you go, here's the thing that's happening, infer upon it what you will. So I liked the, the hands-off approach of the this movie overall. Yeah. What did you think? Branching off of what you said a little bit, this is sort of a different take on life in the kind of quote-unquote Wild West, right? And, and at first it starts off because you get this group of of trappers or hunters, whatever, trying to make their way to this camp. And they're kind of the the framework for what you typically see in this scenario, like a bunch of rough, gruff dudes, like drinking whiskey out of a flask and fighting over about the last leg of the squirrel or whatever, who gets to eat that, like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you get introduced to Cookie and he's like this really delicate, he's just out foraging in the forest, picking mushrooms <laughs> And, and mm-hmm. the, the way that some of those it, first scenes are shot, like they're down in the dirt with him and it feels very, um, very tactile and very like he's very connected with sort of the area that he's in. 
which I think mm-hmm. is a, a really good move to bring us into that mentality. Cause it, it was just almost like a one, two. Cause at first it's like, okay, here's another sort of wild west sort of thing. And then it shifts so quickly that I was like, Oh, like it, it sort of just set me up for a different perspective for the rest of the time, which I think only just gets more involved when we bring in King, the King Lou character. And, and we get this very tender friendship that you don't usually see in a movie about this kind of stuff. Yeah. The characters really brought with them like uh, a vulnerability and yeah. kind of a, a, a softer and different type of personality big time than what we're used to seeing in movies like this. Yeah. There's something about it. Like, I, I don't know how far into the, there's not too much to spoil here, but I think, so I think this is fine. But when they make their way to, to King Lou's little shack, his cabin or whatever, there's like this very strong sense of domesticity among the two of them. <laughs> They're just yeah. kind of like doing their thing. At one point I was like, this could just turn into a really lovely romance movie. And like, yeah, these, I was I could watch I'm, these two interacting for a long time. I was kind of almost hoping it would turn into that. I know, especially because of the way the movie starts off. There's a scene, um, I, like in the future, I guess I'll just say that. Um, and we learn a very particular truth about what's going to happen later on in the movie. And it's like, it, it almost primes you for like, Oh, is that, is that where they're going? Is that where the relationship is going to lead to kind of thing? Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. I actually, I don't even know how I feel about that scene in the grand scheme of things. It felt, um, it felt pretty out of place to me. And again, to jump off of what you were saying, as far as pacing goes, I it's, it's definitely a very slow movie regardless, but for me, I sort of, I don't know. There, there's a bit of tension and momentum that gets built up, built up towards the end. And then it, it diffuses in a way that kind of left me like, Oh, okay. I guess we're back to this speed. And I just, I was kind of shifting gears. Hmm. Um, yeah, it, it did definitely shift some gears. Yeah. But I think, I think mostly I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I like this movie quite a bit. I didn't go in with huge expectations or anything, though. I have heard from everybody that's watched it, that they really enjoy it. And I think it's a solid movie. I, th- I think the performances, particularly by John McGarrow and Ryan Lee are really good. And it's a mm-hmm. lovely little premise and I want to try their oily cakes, but I'm so glad I don't live in the 1800s. Right. That's exactly. you know, more or less kind of my initial thoughts, I think. I think that's pretty spot on. I, I agree. I want to try those. Yeah. I mean, they, look, they, they kind of look just like beignets. Yeah. Which did. are also great. If you never had a beignet, it's just like deep fried dough with powdered yeah. sugar. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, pretty good stuff. They have them at, or they had, is the, uh, is the, what is that restaurant called? B Street. Is B Street still open right now? Do you know? No. Well, then no beignets for anybody here. Yep. You got anything else about this that you can talk about without spoiling or that you want to before we go to a break? Well, usually we rate it. Sure. At this juncture. So I think other than, you know, I don't know. I mean, we should probably say overall if we liked it and if we'd recommend it. And I would say overall, I, I did like it for some of its shortcomings for me. I think some of that's personal just preference, how I would have liked to seen it go yeah. or pace but i mean you have to evaluate these things in the context which which the with which they are presented mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know this is how long this movie was do you like that or not so i think it had engaging enough character development and writing and it was an interesting and unique enough story to keep me engaged the whole time uh and i did actually like it so yeah i think i would say i'm gonna go ahead and definitely recommend it uh it's wasn't my favorite movie, not mm-hmm. going to lie. It, mm-hmm. it was really, for me, I think it lands in like the, probably like a 6-8. Yeah, okay. I it, It's a really dark movie, by the way. And I, I don't mean tonally or anything. I mean, I mean physically, it's very yeah. dark. So I don't try to watch this during the day. I don't, I think, and I mean, I don't know what your watching situation is like, but for me, like there's light that gets into my living room. And I actually had to recalibrate my TV to, because it was kind of like blowing out the shadows and it just looked kind of shitty. Yeah, like um, so gray. I fixed some stuff like halfway through. Yeah, like gray, which is such a bummer because the moment I did, it was it like it changed the entire movie for me. So I think because of that and because of sort of my predisposition going in towards thinking it was going to be more of a traditional kind of Western thing, um, I was a little bit skewed. So I'm, I'm going to try to revisit this one pretty soon. And even with that being said, I did like it. But I really think that after a second viewing, I'm going to like it a lot more. Uh, okay. Until then, it's a solid I think it's a solid eight for me. All right. Yeah. I, I, it's really is something different. I really like the characters and, and it was a fun plot line. 
And I think there's a lot to be said about, or there's a, rather, there's a lot that it is saying about male friendships and about expectations of um, kind of what it even means to be a man, especially in a time where there, you don't have a lot of wiggle room in terms mm -hmm. of being manly. Yep. Gianna was just watching Pocahontas today, and there's one line in that movie where the governor, the big dude, yeah. says to one of the, I can't think of his name, like the little little dude, I think like his name's Christopher or something, and Christopher like almost shoots him, can't shoot a gun, and at one point the governor's like, governor's like yeah, you're not a real man unless you can sh unless you can shoot. And I think that's usually the mentality in, in movies like this. So it was, it was just nice to get a different perspective. That's my point. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It's, this movie is like very antithetical. Is that the right word? Sure. It's like the antithesis of most Western movies. This yeah. is like the polar opposite of like the good, the bad, and the ugly. Totally. This is yeah. more like the foraged mushrooms, the homemade desserts. I and love it. Yeah. The vase, the vase <laughs> of flowers. Yeah, you know what I mean, it, yeah. I mean, really, this is uh, it does have a strong air of feminine energy. Yeah, at least traditionally, I guess. I just feel like it's it's just nice for me because I feel like I have those tendencies in my life. So for someone to yeah. be like, oh no, like guys do that, sure, why not? I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Like which it's I already yeah. knew, but that would have exactly. been nice to hear at the time. Like if I were living in those days, nobody's gonna be like, oh, what are you a woman? That's like there's you just don't you know you don't sweep yeah. and put up flowers. That's that's a woman's work. Go out yeah, and hunt something. You talk a lot of shit, but you sure do like baked goods. Right. <laughs> like you, you're eating these oily cakes up. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why don't you just cool it there, bud? You're, you're enjoying those just as much as everyone else. Yeah. So so we rented this, Johnny, you and I did on, on Vudu, but you can rent it on Amazon Video or probably anywhere else. I'm sure it's on Fandango and maybe YouTube yeah. movies if you watch that. But it was because it's been out for about a month now. And it was, what was it, like six bucks or seven? It's like, yeah, it was like, it's like $5.99 for yeah, the I, one in, yeah. that's like Ultra HD or whatever. Right. So yeah, check it out. I, I I definitely give it a recommend as well. Yeah, for sure. Let That's, us know what you think. Yeah. Once again, it's first cow. Yeah, let us know what you think. Like Johnny said, emails are great, obviously, and anything's great. We just like we like hearing from you. Hey, you're sitting at home. It's Corona times. You want to get out of the house? Handlebar Chico just put in a bunch more tables and a ton of umbrellas on their patio. They're open for service out there. You can have a waiter. You can have a cocktail, wine, beer, amazing food, just like normal times. Go check them out. They're right here in Chico. They've got a happy hour every single day of the week from 2 to 6 p.m. You get money off craft beer. You get half off bottles of wine and deals on cocktails as well. So head on down there. Bring the family. Bring the dog. Enjoy a meal out of the house that you didn't have to cook and feel a little bit normal. Support a local business. Handlebar Chico. Max, tell them the address. 2070 East 20th Street. Once again, that's the Handlebar right here in Chico. Go check them out. All right. Well, we're back from our little break. We have beers in front of us again, which is exciting. Are we going to get to that now or are we going to make them wait a little bit? No, I actually want to tell you one thing and then we'll get to the beer. But um, since we're coming off of a Handlebar commercial, I went there. Uh, this must have been... This must have been just about a week ago. It was whenever it was at, it was between the last time we recorded and they had their patio set up and everything. And we actually had to wait because there were so many people there, which is amazing. Um, but there's this one, this one kind of older couple, they were in like their fifties or sixties, maybe so not old, but, and th they had clearly had a couple, like we rolled up on our bikes and, and parked them and, and the guy started chatting inside. He was like, Hey, you don't have to lock the bikes. You know, that's a good looking bike. You can trust me. <laughs> Whatever. It was fine. He was joking like nice bike, Whatever. We were friendly and he took that as a cue to be like, you guys definitely want to talk more. So he kept chatting. We walked away eventually. And like 10 minutes later, he came up to our group and he was like, hey, if you guys just want to come sit with us, that'd be fine. Okay. <laughs> he didn't say that. But he's like, hey, we're, you know, we're leaving in 10 minutes. But if, if you want to come sit with us before that, you're welcome to sit with us. And I was like, that's really nice in my brain. I was like, that's nice. But no, no, I don't want that mm -hmm. from. Yeah you stranger. Uh, so I just made it an excuse. Like now nah, we got something. I, it was with Jacob and Serena, my friends. And I was like, we're going to plan their wedding. So we got to have some privacy, whatever. Anyways, at this point, I feel like this guy thinks that we're like the best of friends. So we finally get a table and the waiters leading us around the corner of the building to the back patio. Mm -hmm. And dude brings up his, like, he calls back his own bike joke. He's like, oh, did you, did you lock those bikes? And I said, ah, you know, I double locked him after I talked to you. And then it's all, and he goes, ah, you fucker, like super loud. 
And everybody <laughs> on the patio turned to look at him. Was he like, did he say it like joking? Yeah, yeah, but it was okay, like, good. but he was also pretty in character. Like when he yeah. was talking, well, you don't have to lock up the bikes. Like he wasn't laughing, he, but he was definitely making a joke. But yeah. he stuck with that and he goes, ah, fucker. <laughs> and I just went, oh, all right, I'll see ya. <laughs> Uh, anyways, that's oh, the he, first time I've talked about the handlebars since I went there, since when you were doing the commercial, I mean, and I wanted to wait. tell you that story. Nice. That guy sounds like a hoot. <laughs> he was, he was something. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. It almost felt oh. like, cause he wasn't talking to Jacob and Serena. Like he was just talking to me. Yeah. In a way that almost made me feel like he and that woman he was with were looking to spice things up a little. Oh, you know? They're into that their lifestyle, bud. I think so. And I was I was trying to feel it. I was like, I are you are you doing this? <laughs> Is I, this happening? Yeah. Cause Did I he mean try and like buy your drinks or like Oh, he offered to get it. No, I, but we all assumed he was gonna buy us around if we sat with him. Okay. Part of the reason I did I didn't want to feel like I owed that guy anything, you know? Slippery slope yeah. that one. That's fair. You know, it's uh it's back at being at bars. It's like the old jingle, it's, you know. What would you do at the handlebar? For like a handlebar. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, what is our next beer, man? I'm sorry for the tangent. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Our next beer is called Sun Reaper. I am very excited for this beer. It is a Imperial IPA brewed by Toppling Goliath in Decorah, Iowa. Mm-hmm. It is seven and seven and seven. I wanted to say seven and a half. Seven no, and seven. Seven point seven. It's seven and seven. Yeah. Of Even. the IB ABVs. That's a drink, right? Seven and seven, yeah. Seagram seven and seven up. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Seagram seven is Seagram's is weird. Like yeah. Seagram seven, it's syrupy. Isn't it gin? No, it's uh, it's like a like a whiskey. It's very similar, oh, to like yeah, Jameson yeah, 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 almost. Yeah. I thought Seagram's does have a gin though. I know that from the Snoop Dogg song. Yeah, they make gin and they make vodka and they make hundred proof vodka and they make Seagram seven. Like, I don't trust that. Whiskey. That's too many things. You can't make all those things well. I mean, you can make vodka and then just add some spices to it and call it gin (laughs) and then put your vodka in a barrel and just call it whiskey if you put sugar in it like Seagram 7. There you go. So, I mean, it's it's the same grain alcohol just with subtle variations. Little different things added in. Just a tiny little. We're just going to tweak it a little bit. I feel like they made it accidentally. Like they accidentally added something. They're like, let's let's rebrand it. We'll call it gin. Yeah. Exactly. Like some dude spilled his herbal tea <laughs> in the in the vodka. And they're all just like standing their arms on their hips, like looking down, like, fuck. Well, let's get the marketing guys on the phone. <sighs> Steve, why does our vodka <laughs> taste like cardamom? <laughs> what the shit? Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. All right. So Sun Reaper. We've done Toppling Goliath before. You know them from King Sue, Pseudo Sue. They're pretty good. They yeah. make some amazing beers. Yeah. Uh, this one is brand new to me. It was canned very recently, uh, and I am super unfamiliar with it. So what they say on their website, uh, this was created with a medium body and low bitterness to amplify a hop-derived explosion of pineapple, orange, and passion fruit flavors up front with a layered finish of soft pine. Features Azaka, Citra, Columbus, Galaxy, Mosaic, and Sabro hops. Mm. That's a lot of hops. A lot of hops. It's a lot of flavors. It's a, so I'm, they're they're saying basically this is going to be tropical and hoppy, tropical hoppy, tropical hoppy, tropical hoppy, tropical hop. Yeah, I was looking up um, the last time we did <sighs> Toppling oh, Goliath on the show, and before you tell me about how amazing that is, I wanted to let people know that one is on episode one twenty five, and we covered. Uh, let me see which beer it was, just so I get this right. Uh, I'm not going to get it right. Episode one twenty five, and then we did it even before that. We did them on episode. Uh, I just had it one oh five. So we actually did it pretty, okay. pretty back to back, but I'm, I'm stoked. They always make good stuff, man. Yeah, they do. This beer smells like an armpit though. Oh, in a bad way or in a good way? Cause you know, sometimes you're like, that's a good smell. Like I'm, no, there's no scenario where that's okay. <laughs> I was no, going to try to make please, a case like, please. you know, you know when it's a good smell in armpit and you're just like, Oh, I want to drink just that get up in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well no. there's a lot going on. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a nose full for sure. Have you tasted it? Yeah. Yeah, I have. And? I have skeptical eyes about it. I, it's, this passion fruit just mm-hmm. really just, it's coming over me like a wave, man. I got to sip it again, though. Yeah, I'm getting the same, not the same thing you're getting, but the same thing I got with the last beer, which is just a really, an intensity that's not indicative of the actual alcohol content. Like, this yeah. feels more like a 9% beer. This beer's a lot. It is it's a lot. It's like, there's, there's a lot, it's a lot, man. Whew. It's like 
really bitter and dry, but then I'm getting like some of what they're saying. I don't get any of like the, uh, maybe a little pineapple. There's definitely a little bit, the orange. It's like if you took a bite out of it yep. and like we're eating the rind with the fruit. Yep. Um, so it's, it's very pithy and very aggressive on the dry bitterness. And also that passion fruit flavor that it must be like a combination of the hops. Cause there's no fruit in this. But yes. Those passion fruit type flavors really just take things over and they taste like an armpit. And this beer is really getting taken over by that vibe for me, probably because it's something I know I don't like. Mm-hmm. And it, it stands out to me so much more because it is a negative to my palate. Sure. And that's the most pretentious way to say that something doesn't taste good. No, I mean, I it's just, yeah, I mean, this is, is, I'm getting notes that are really negative towards my palate. Well, you're not, you're noting I, that, that it might be I okay know. to somebody else's, which is different than saying this objectively tastes bad. Like know, somebody just like me might like this. That just sounds so cock to say though. Like, it's a negative. You're not walking on the street, it. man. You're hosting a craft beer podcast. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, own it. And those are the notes that I'm getting. And so, like you said, someone might love that. But like, if that's what you're looking for, then yeah. But for me, oof, passion fruit is a real, real thumbs down for me. And mm-hmm. honestly, if I had read this sentence or this paragraph before I picked out beers, I probably wouldn't have grabbed this one. Wow. And you- that's surprising because I fucks with Toppling Goliath like hella hard. Totally. Like I love their beer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so for me, I, I both don't hate passion fruit and I don't get very much of it in this for me, like definitely what you're saying about the orange zest, like the pithy citrusness, citrus, cit- citrosity is there. And yeah. like the pine, that kind of pineapple extra sweetness stuff is there primarily like on the back of my tongue as a really heavy sort of sweetness, but yeah, which is a, you know, that's maybe not my ideal Imperial IPA sipping situation but I, I don't dislike this I, I i enjoy this quite a bit but i've only had one drink so i'm gonna go back for seconds now as well um, give it the big old chuggy chug let me know what you think i will say it also do you- doesn't look like um i mean i don't know it doesn't no maybe it does i was in the shadows it looks like it tastes never mind okay what were you doing in the shadows bro what 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 do we what we do in the shadows you know what we do what we what we do though <laughs> Um, what that sh- what that shadow do? What that girl? shadow do? I'm I'm into this beer. I, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I yeah I yeah. It's good. I it does feel like one of those situations where there are so many flavors that it's almost like it is masking or or trying to mask something. In your case, not very successfully. Something that would be sort of disconcerting or off putting to you know an, a, somebody a particular type of person. Yeah, and I feel like we've encountered this quite a bit with with beers that have like more than three hop varietals. Yeah, where yeah. It, things just get muddled, mm-hmm. and it's just this big amalgam of of just bitterness and confusion, much yeah. like my life. Sure. Um, so like no more of it, it. I've got enough. And also, much like my life, it's it's not that enjoyable when you put it in your mouth. <laughs> when you take a big old bite of life, yeah, it's just like really, what's going on? What does mm. this want to be? This yeah. beer doesn't want to know. It doesn't know what it wants to be. It's just, there's a lot of hops and I just don't like them all together. For me, this beer's a miss. Like a full on miss. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't buy it again. Huh. I'm, I'm not a big, not a fan. All right. Fair enough. I'm, I'm just kind of looking, I'm trying to figure out what hops are not going together. Cause I always say that I don't like Azaka, but I, I don't know when it's combined with stuff, I don't mind it, but there is something fighting. Cause like Azaka is usually pretty tropical and you got the 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 citrusness from the citra hops, and maybe it's the mosaic fighting fighting the other ones. It's yeah, it's just always strange to me. Why would you go with so many of of these hops in one one beer? Yeah, I mean, if this is the result you're going for, I mean, I don't need a beer this layered and this like complex with hoppiness just because I. It's too much. Like you yeah. can't really pick out. It just you're making like a. It's like a cocktail. This is, this is like the Long Island iced tea of hoppy beers. <laughs> Damn. You just got like a dash of everything in there. And you, what's the point? I don't know, but I'm going to get fucked up. That's your headline. If, if you were writing like a, like a click, clickbait kind of review for this, it's the, uh, it's the, the Long Island iced <laughs> tea, iced tea of beers. Beer, yeah. Yep. There's yeah, no way you can take that as a compliment. I don't know. Some people like Long Island Jersey. iced teas. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I like a Long Island every once in a while. I don't think I'm feeling like. When I'm feeling like trash, it's just like one of everything, isn't it? Um, it's vodka, clear rum, gin, and tequila, Jesus. and then uh, there's like something else in it. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like, and then like triple sec, simple syrup. Sure. And then I want to say 
something makes it brown. I think, yeah, it's just like all those things combined probably turn brown. Yeah, no. What's the, they're all what's clear. the blue drink? What's the, like that drink, but it's blue? Like the Adios? Yeah, the AMF. Like Adios, the AMF. Yeah, that seems like oh, the okay. same wheelhouse. So like from like, let's look at like foodnetwork.com. Their recipe is a uh, triple sec gin, vodka, white rum, and cola. That's, and oh, there's your brown. That, that's what it is. Yeah, they just, you top it with Coke. That's absurd. So it's, that's yeah. That's an absurd shot of, beverage. <laughs> Gin, vodka, white rum, and I've seen them with tequila, but God. usually, okay, so it's just all the clear liquors, triple sec, top it with Coke. Damn. All right, well, bringing it back around to this beer, Sun Reaper, um, f- for me, despite, I agree with you on the premise that there are so many ingredients in this, um, but I enjoy the beer still. It's not blowing my mind, but I don't dislike it. I'm, I'm glad you picked this one out because I'm, I'm still, still, they're still good for me, Toppling Goliath is. Yeah, so, I mean, they're still one of my favorite breweries, but like- Every brewery makes beers that I don't necessarily like, but they're not still really times. good. No, they make some that they're not my favorite, but stylistically yeah, they're too. still really well made. Yeah. But they're just like, okay, but I mean, like I'm not huge into hazies right now, yeah. but like they make some killer haze, but every once in a while I'll like it, but most of the time I'm not the biggest fan. So. Yeah, fair. Uh, yeah, I hear you though. I'm glad you like it because for me, yeah, like I said, it's a miss. I feel like I'm going to rate this beer right now and it's going to be firmly middle of the road, slightly above. It's like a 5.8. Oh, shoot. 5.8. It's, it's another 7 for me. Okay. You know what? Just for fun, let's because it's exactly – I enjoy it just as much as the last one. I have different gripes than I did with the other one, but I'll say 7.1, so it's the exact you same. you really just rate both of the beers this week 7.1? That's what I'm doing, yeah. I don't know if I like this. Why not? I don't know, man. It feels – disingenuous what like did you just well, no and I, you I, get a seven one and you get a seven one <laughs> this happens sometimes i mean you know some beers are so you, the same so you like this beer exactly as much as the first one yeah i'll say that i i didn't finish the first one and i'm not gonna finish this one. Oh, okay and like but they're good like they're at no like i finished my glass for both but i haven't gone back for seconds and if that's not a comparison to exactly how i feel i don't know what is all right what did you all rate right, the movie right. by the way i forgot just for my notes uh, what did I rate the movie? I guess I could just go back and listen. <laughs> Why you gotta put me on blast? Oh, we've like got yeah, we've gone this far. I think oh, who knows? I guess don't say it's anything. Like a, I think I'm gonna you're gonna like... you're gonna indict yourself right now. Let's just leave it. That way you don't have to okay. you don't have to take the chance of being wrong. Yeah, I've already spoken. Yeah, I, yeah. I have not I'm not speaking on this again. Ah, I'd like there you to go. talk to my lawyer, please. Nice, 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 nice. Um, in the vein of lawyers, which I'm sure uh on lists of hot and bothered have a lot of botheds, or at least people that know lawyers looking at you, Austin. Just kidding, I love you. Hot and bothered? Hot and bothered. I've got a few things. Uh, one is just movie uh, information in general that I wanted to discuss with you, and that is the release of Mulan to Disney Plus on September 4th, coming up in about a month. Yes. Uh, that is a major, major, probably the biggest release that's going straight to on demand thus far in yes. this era of Corona. So what are your thoughts on that? So Maloon, Maloon, Mulan, <laughs> the live action like remake of Mulan is coming to <laughs> Disney Plus and it's going to be behind not only the Disney Plus paywall of X amount of dollars per month, it's also going to be $30 to rent this movie yeah. on demand. So yeah. what are your thoughts? Do you Are you excited about this movie? Could you care less? Is it going to be good? Is it going to be get bad? Are you going to watch it? Are we going to cover it on the show? That is sort of the penultimate question. I guess, yeah, but starting with the other stuff, I, I like Mulan, the original. I think it's it's one of the more interesting, fun um, Disney movies. And granted, like, these these ideologies were formed when I was a kid, so I probably was like, yeah, like battles and uh, war songs or whatever. In retrospect, I think I probably like other ones better. But that all that said, like, I don't really care about the remake. I'm, I'm really over sort of um, – See, I have sequel fatigue pretty hard, and this isn't even sequel fatigue. It's remake fatigue, but they're in the same part of my brain that's like, I just want more ideas. I want new stuff. Like, we got plenty of people making good stuff that, like, I don't know. We don't need to reinvent every single movie that was done in animation and then throw millions of dollars at it just to be like, hey, you want to watch the same story again? And also, we're going to charge you a ton of money to watch it. I don't know. The, yeah, the extra $30 to rent to things rubbed me the wrong way, too. Okay. So I don't know. I don't care. We'll probably cover it on the show. Well, we don't have to. I know. Say probably like it's it's not obligatory. I feel like we probably we can should. Say, 
We can say F Mulan. F Mulan right in the A. Yeah, I, I don't feel great about that either. But <laughs> I feel like I feel like we should cover it. Like it's it's going to be a, a big cinematic event, whatever that means in 2020. And I think to some extent, as a movie podcast, we have some degree of responsibility to to at least cover it, or at least watch it, and then decide if we're going to cover it. No, in no, gr- we, we'd have to cover it. That's what I'm saying. In the words of Francis Bacon, "To thine own self be true." Sir Francis Bacon. Sir, show some respect. <laughs> show some goddamn respect. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. What, what, are you are you hyped so on are it? You like- do- oh no, I could care less. Yeah. I'm so sick of remakes. After yeah. Jungle Book remake, I was like, no, I'm good. And then the Lion King one, the live action Lion King, then Aladdin also, and Beauty <sighs> and the Beast. And I didn't, I didn't watch Aladdin. I didn't either. <laughs> um, didn't watch Beauty and the Beast. The new Aladdin just looked like trash. Yeah, yeah. And like Guy Guy Ritchie, what are you doing? Oh, I forget that was Guy Ritchie. What are you doing? Oh, dude, did you just sell your soul to Disney for millions of dollars? But would, if, I, have if, do- if would that- I have done the same thing? Yes. yes. But if because it gave him sort of the bandwidth to make um the gentleman. That's not right. Exactly. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, the gentleman. So I guess fair enough, you know. Yeah, I mean, should we cover it? Yes. Do we want to cover it? Probably not. Correct. I That's think it's going to well. really boil down to is like if this opens a floodgate of major studios releasing major films to on demand mm. instead of holding them. Yeah. And like if like the new Ghostbusters or the new Bill and Ted drops. Yeah. The same week as this, this movie gets tossed in the garbage can like a used napkin so fast. Sure. Yeah. So fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's funny. Like when you think of 2020, like back in January, February, like Tenet, the, the new Nolan movie. Definitely came mm-hmm. came to mind, but yeah. no matter what happens, as far as I can tell from just knowing sort of Nolan's approach to film, there's no way he would ever not put that in a theater. Right. Yeah. Like that's going to be, but I heard it's going to be released like everywhere and then go on demand here possibly. Like there's so much with theaters that like it's going to get released overseas before it gets released here. <laughs> I heard that are for sure. The virus overseas. They're going like to have theaters. Yeah. 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 It's crazy how that yeah, works. We're not doing so good. Yeah. So that's my thing. It's like, well, if it comes on demand, cool. But like, I don't know what they're going to do about that. But so, okay. Mulan, are you excited to watch it? Do you think it's going to be good? Do you think it's going to be trash? Like, what do you think about the actual movie? So I haven't even seen a full preview. I saw kind of one of those little buzz trailers that lasts like, like five seconds where it shows you like a glimpse of her face and then like a mountain. And then it's like Mulan coming soon. That's it. So, okay. um, I understand that. And I understand what you told me, which is that Mushu's not in it. And that it's, it's obviously going to be a very different movie than the original, I think for a lot of reasons. So I, I actually don't even know that I have enough information to speculate as to whether or not it'll be good. I, I would guess based on other remakes. No, not really, but there's enough of a, f- quote unquote fan base for nostalgia that people see it. And then it'll trigger that thing in people's brains where it's like, Oh, life was simpler when I was a kid. Mulan's great. It's like, I don't, Mm. I don't think that's a good reason, but it, it, fair enough. You know? Yep. Same questions to you. You excited? You think it's gonna be good? I know you're not excited. Do you think it's gonna be good? I'm definitely not excited. Do I think it's going to be good? I think it has the potential to be good. It depends on how much into like the magic they go. And like, you know, I know I, there's, I don't want to give too much away because people like to watch movies without seeing trailers, and sure. I'm one of those people. But like, there's some stuff in the trailer that made me think there's going to be a bit more magic in this than they're leading on. There's was so, there even magic in the first one? I think so. It's been so long. Do you just mean? Do you just mean like religion with with their ancestors? Is that what you <laughs> no? Mean? Like like actual magic with uh, there's like a wizardess. I don't think that was in the original. Uh, maybe not. We should watch the original and then do a double episode or maybe review the Mulan, the original on Patreon and then do the new one on the new episode or something. I don't know, but I'm not excited to watch it. I think it's going to be too damn expensive. I don't want to subscribe to Disney plus just to watch this. Um, there's a lot about it. That's kind of frustrating. Like if it's only behind one paywall and it's still $30, like fuck dude if we don't watch that together that's 60 dollars just to watch a movie for one episode <laughs> kind of quite frankly that is going to the theater almost even then we <laughs> yeah, could take like much. we could like take our wives and drink beer and eat popcorn and it would still be less than 60 dollars. that's true yeah that's so true. like <clears throat> that's one thing because we're recording separately 
if we both have to shell out $30 on the podcast dime, like, I don't know if our patrons think that that's a wise use of our money. Like, that's a that's, Patreon poll. We'll make a poll. What do you guys think? That thing, Do you want to pay for probably, this? Honestly, because yeah. I think that uh, if it's 60 bucks, I'm saying screw that movie. That's cost prohibitive. I'm yeah. not down with that. That's irresponsible. You know how much beer we could buy with $60? Get like out. Bud. Five bottles of Bottle Logic. Not even one bottle of Bottle Logic. Like, no. No, we get a few. You get like two. They're yeah, like 30 two. bucks. <laughs> so would you get rather two. drink, uh, what's the beer that I'm thinking of? Fundamental Observation. Would you rather drink Fundamental Observation or watch Mulan? Fundamental Observation, 100 out of 100 times you ask. Agreed. Oh, by the way, you mentioned um, doing the original and the new one, which made me think of a podcast I want to plug real quick. It's called The Next Picture Show. And Is this something that's got you hot this week, perhaps? Nice. Nicely done. Sure. I mean, I've known about them before, but I definitely want to shout it out because it's kind of related to that idea. They basically do weekly releases in two segments. So like- a couple weeks ago, they put out their review of Groundhog Day. And then the next week, they put out their review of Palm Springs. Nice. So they do movies that are kind of related and then ha- discuss how they're connected. So like last that week, makes sense. they put out Meek's Cutoff. And this week, I imagine they'll put out First Cow. Ah, okay. So that kind of that's, stuff. And that's smart because like you said earlier, we live in like a recyclable movie culture where right. everything's getting remade. Right. That said, I don't think that they're going to probably do like a one-for-one, like Mulan-Mulan situation. I'd be really shocked if they did, but you never know. Really? Because it seems like very on brand. Did they do any of the other Disney remakes? I'm just looking through their list. They actually did 1994 Little Women and the 2019 Little Women. So so it's completely on brand for them. Yeah. They also did Brick, then Knives Out, which is only the connection being Ryan Johnson, the director, but that's a great, it's not the only connection, but it's great. It's a really nice. good, really good podcast. They're a lot of fun. What was it? One more time. The next picture show. There you go. While I'm on the topic, I got one other thing that's got me hot this week, which is that I have been dabbling with a new sample library okay. in my sound software. The software we're recording on, actually, um, and it's just triggered this really intense inspiration to write some stuff. Like I have at this point, like a year and a half or two years of of uh, like lyrics, little notes that I jot down in my phone in this one like really long document. Mm-hmm. And they're just little ideas that I'll have like while I'm commuting somewhere or while I'm at the grocery store or laying in bed at night, and I'll just write it down really quick. And then every so often, like every couple of years, I'll be like, all right, I got to put this to music. And that happened to coincide with when I download or bought this, this sound bank. And it's been wild. I've been having so much fun working on some new stuff that is very different from other stuff that I've done in the past. So I'm super stoked about that. That's why I rescheduled yesterday, actually. Oh, nice. I was just like, I've got, I've got some momentum. I'm going to see if I can keep it going. Yeah, I saw your Instagram story, and I was like, good for you. That kind you of stuff. You gotta be creative. Yeah. Like, yeah. you haven't been, you know, you've been pretty unable to work lately. So, yeah. I mean, hell yeah, let's postpone the podcast if you're feeling creative. I haven't seen you creative in a while. So, I mean, rock and roll, man. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you you're were, welcome. You were, you were gone this weekend. Uh, I was, and... You should remind me what my hot and bothered is because my computer just died. Apparently, it hasn't been plugged in all day. Fair enough. Um, yeah, you well, because I texted you and I was like, hey, man, I, I heard this interview with, uh, with, with Kelly Reichardt that might be really nice to listen to. And you're like, oh, cool. But I was actually, you, I'm, in a, I'm drinking in a cabin right now. Oh, yep. 100%. Yeah. I was in a cabin at the lake. I went back to the lake again because a cabin I really wanted became available with like a lake view right out the front. Like I could sit around the campfire and stare at the lake. Yeah, yeah. And read a book and drink beer, and it was absolutely glorious. So that 100% is my hot this week, is just getting away and spending time by the lake, by the campfire, being outdoors, just drink. And I woke up way before Shalina did on Sunday morning. Yeah. I woke up at like 6 a.m. and like snuck out of the cabin, started a campfire, Mm. cracked my book, and started just drinking the rest of the beers (laughs) that we had. Oh, campfire beers. That makes sense then, yeah. Yep. So I had like a couple beers that Andy had brought me from the last time he was in Wales. And then I had oh, yeah. a couple like from modern times that I'd been saving and just like some fun, random, like summery, like light IPAs and stuff. And uh, yeah, so it was like 630 in the morning. I'm watching the sun come up, yeah. just cracking like double IPAs from modern Jeez, times man. and reading my book. Like, yeah, caught a little morning buzz. What, uh, like, what watched- book are you reading? Uh, I'm reading a book called The Face by Dean Koontz. Huh. What it's, else is Dean Koontz like, right? Um, what else? Yeah, like he's like a dude that is pretty prolific and writes a, like all sorts of Very, stuff. very prolific. My favorite 
book of his is probably Intensity. He also mm. wrote uh, like the Odd Thomas series, which I'm sure you've heard yeah. of at least. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's very prolific. He's like TikTok was a cool book, not the app. Right. It was a good book. It's a book, people. Um, yeah, and it's fun because I pick up books of his that I've never read because there's simply so many, mm-hmm. um, that, and they're all just really random about different stuff. Like I picked one up at a thrift store for fifty cents one time, and it was about aliens. Sure, like, ah, what's going on? Yeah, um, he also rewrote the Frankenstein, I basically story, mm-hmm. uh, and did like a six book series about Frankenstein in like modern day, like what if Frankenstein was immortal? Oh. The, do- was- the doctor or the monster? The monster. Frankenstein's oh, monster. Um, yeah, it was fascinating. Really good. But it's it's very uh, approachable writing. Like, he's got a really extensive vocabulary, and he's good with words, but it's also, it's very digestible. It's like the popcorn of novels. Mm-hmm. So it's perfect for just, like, a weekend at the lake. Does he write any books about, like, teenagers with superpowers at a school? Not is that, that I know of. Is that what the Umbrella Academy is? Oh, yeah, yeah. It oh, is. Wow, that's, yeah. So that was a nice cool. segue. Thanks. Because I, I wasn't sure that's what notes. it was. <laughs> um, no, I don't think it is actually at all. But it reminds okay. me, X-Men superheroes, right, Vane? Um, yeah. I've, this, this show, Umbrella Academy, has been all over the place in, like, pop culture and news and, like, Hollywood news because season two is dropping and I'm seeing commercials for it like crazy, and I think I want to get into it. Yeah. But I wanted to discuss it with you and see if you're familiar with it. Like the first season's on Netflix right now. Season two is dropping on Netflix in like within a month, I believe. Right. Um. So I kind of wanted your take because yeah, it is very much in the in the now. And since we're two hip guys, <laughs> finger guns. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I know um, exactly what you're doing. Yep. We're two hip guys that stay in the know about such things. Uh, have you heard of it? Have you watched it? Are yeah, you going to? I just looked it up again to make sure I knew what this was. And I, yeah, we started it, Gianna and I did. And I think I watched two episodes and I had to stop. I, not to maybe off put you too much, but I really didn't like it. Okay. What about it did you not like? I just thought, like, like, the dialogue and the maybe it was the delivery because it is kind of a comic book thing. So you're going to have some it's directly a yeah, comic book thing. Like, and I mean more like, of course it is, but like it is kind of a comic book thing. So like you have to deal, like you have to deal with a certain degree of sort of, yeah, I don't know how else to describe it, comic bookiness, and that's fine. Like I'm I'm on board with that sort of thing, but so it must just be the way that the dialogue is written and the way they deliver it. It just felt re- like they went for the gritty sort of troubled youth thing, and okay. it just doesn't work. Really? It didn't work for me. It so was, you got two episodes in? Yeah, I think that's about right. Okay. I don't know. All right. Well, I mean, that's fair. I will evaluate for myself. I'm yeah. gonna, probably going to start it. I'm just curious because I, I do like to try and stay up with pop culture mm-hmm. type things. There's also so much content being dropped right now. It's it's kind of hard to keep up with all mm-hmm. the series. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't, I'd, I'd be up to revisit it, but I'm not necessarily – it's not at the top of my list or anything, obviously. Okay. Interesting. Well, uh, stay tuned. I'm almost done with Cursed, and then I'm going to jump into something else. So that's my my streaming saga. Word. Um, I'm going to make a radical suggestion here, which is to say that I don't really have anything else that I think I need to talk about with First Cow. I don't either, man. I, I was kind of thinking the same thing. I was like, shit, what are we going to do in the danger zone? Like, there's not much... To spoil, unless we just want to tell people how it ends. Yeah, and that's I, like, yeah, we, we're not, we're not. You can go read the Wikipedia plot synopsis if that interests you. But I don't really yeah. have too much insight to add. So rather than just blowing smoke, I, I, I think I'm probably good on that. Well, I respect men that know their limitations, and I think mine fall right into line with yours right now. That I think we both liked it, and there's really not much to spoil. Like it was a fairly straightforward movie. I think the. Uh, the real engagement is in the execution and the acting and stuff. Mm-hmm, so I mm-hmm. think it's more of a, we've done our part now go watch it and tell us what you think. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Like Johnny said at the beginning, you can email us at fhccast at gmail.com or any of the social medias is a great way to get a hold of us. Johnny graciously granted me access to our Instagram briefly, which we've, um, I think mostly conquered the learning curves of at this point. So, I think so. we're just post, like I'm getting a chance to, instead of maybe texting you at like two in the morning, I'll just be like, oh, here's a photo. I'll like put it on the story or whatever. I think that's nice. Yeah, I like not getting those texts. Yeah. 
<laughs> Wake I don't up. mind them. I know. Yeah, if yeah, you know. I got I'm you. A, I'm a I'm up in like three hours after you text me at two. Yeah, I know. That's so, so early. Yeah, but you know, I have the whole day after after my job to be productive and right. do this right. and make merry in the world. So yeah. So then I guess I will say uh-huh. that my name's Max Minardi. Uh, that's Johnny Summers. The show wouldn't be what it is without Bailey Minardi. Johnny, any last minute sort of not last minute, but end of show notes that you want to. Punch on. Uh, vote on our poll that we're going to post if we should review Maloon. <laughs> yeah, Maloon. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Well, yeah. Should we put that out? To We'll put that on Instagram and we'll put it on Patreon because it really only matters for Patreon people, I think. But whatever. Well, I mean, I'd like to know what people on Instagram think too. But yeah, let us know what you think. Email us. And also, if you've tried any of the beers that we've done today or watched First Cow, uh, let us know what you think. Until next week, enjoy yourselves and have a beautiful time. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.